Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, Athletes Made Here. The Sports Performance Center was developed with one goal in mind, to maximize human performance through movement and recovery. Their team of expert performance sports coaches and trainers will guide you to achieve your performance goals. That's the Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, located at the Star in Frisco. This episode is also brought to you by Allen Dental Studio, located off Bethany drive in Allen. Their office was designed with you, the patient, in mind, which means an excellent and enjoyable experience. From cosmetics to implants, you deserve a perfect smile, and Allen Dental Studio can make that happen. Also, don't want to leave out another longtime friend of the podcast, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. With locations in Carrollton and Dallas, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes offers an affordable, high-quality alternative to senior living. Call now at 469-400-7650. That's Texen, spelled T-E-X-S-E-N, Texen Senior Residential Care Homes. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Taylor Raglan and Kendrick Johnson. Uh, gentlemen, week one of high school football season is in the books, and it is time to look ahead to week two. And as per usual, that means focusing on our reader-voted game of the week. Uh, big thank you to everybody who went to the website, starlocalmedia.com, and voted among the uh, our five candidates this week. A very, very lively turnout. Some very, very passionate fan bases <laughs> letting their voices be heard um, for one of those five games, especially out in McKinney, um, and that was, uh, I don't know if, I'd have to go back and check to see what the uh, the highest voter turnout for a single game is on the picket line, because McKinney Boyd and Marcus, they very well may be the uh, the uh, the new standard for that mark. Um, yeah, just what a turnout for the Marauders and the Broncos, and that is sure enough our game of the week, despite a, a late charge by the folks out um, in either Mesquite or Highland Park, that game like picked up like 300 votes or whatever within the last, <laughs> within the last 24 hours. The way they run. Um, but yes, nevertheless, um, yeah, a, a dominant showing by uh, by Red Nation, as, as they're known out in out of, out of Boyd, and in, in anticipation for what I think uh, should be a pretty uh, a pretty fun competitive game. Um, you know, this right. game is Friday, seven o'clock at McKinney ISD Stadium. Both teams coming off fairly contrasting performances from Week One. We can start with Boyd. You know, a team that, uh, that you saw last week, Kendrick, open up the season in um, an emphatic fashion under new head coach Joe McBride, a forty-five to seven victory over Naaman Forest. Um, I mean, you've been covering this team since you set foot in this uh, in this in this building here. What, um, in your first look at this team under Coach McBride, what was, I guess, the biggest difference compared to the teams that you had seen the last couple of years under Don Drake? Uh, two words: speed and talent on defense. Okay, those are important. Yeah, uh, the um, the defense was way quicker from little things like you get a guy get a pitch and like he couldn't get the edge or they keep him from going outside like mm-hmm. two or three times in a row but eventually he's going to get the outside and get that big run they, were, they, they wouldn't have none of that on Friday mm-hmm. and uh, it helps that you have four transfers that all start <laughs> and all legit players I keep forgetting the kid from Allen that transferred I know you were familiar with Allen's roster 
Yeah, I don't know which one's I, a void, I, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked it up, but they got yeah. transfers. Play Wyatt and uh, the defense coordinator, Steve Fax, his kids, Jake and Jimmy, have been a, mm-hmm. uh, like a resi- uh, uh, resurgence yeah. because Jake had a uh, pick six, 77-yard interception return, caught a screen pass and made like three people miss, nice. went 52. Jimmy had 10 tackles, two picks and a fumble recovery. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about making a debut oh, yeah. <laughs> and making an impact. And that overall, boys' defense got six turnovers, so it's going to be key to see a big question mark. Can they keep this going? If that was a mirage, yeah. they're playing only Damon Forest, who that y'all said can, can't be playing OS. Let's see if the, this week could be a good challenge. Yeah, uh, yeah, six turnovers. You average six turnovers for a season. That's a heck of a bar. Uh, <laughs> that game was uh, was a little wonky in a lot of areas, just combing through the box score. They didn't um, get the ball for the first six minutes. Mm-hmm. They fought, they muffed the punt, got back on, and got the ball back. Mm-hmm. So it was like. Five something, and they had no offensive play. Yeah. So that was the, for, for Wonky, that puts it in perspective. They, they kind of look like the Oregon and not, not Oregon, but the Notre Dame. Oh, okay, you fumble, you fumble, you fumble. Mm-hmm. I, had, uh, I counted uh, 22 total penalties in that game, including 16 from Naaman Forrest. There were nine total turnovers. You mentioned six by Naaman. Boyd itself committed three. So definitely some signs of, uh, of week one uh, from, uh, from both teams in that capacity. You would expect those numbers to drop quite a bit. Um, one thing, just in combing through a couple uh, a couple highlights that I saw of Boyd, is just I, I like the uh, kind of the creativity in the in the passing game, um, especially on a few of their uh, of their scoring plays. Now, the Boyd passing games still did finish under fifty percent for the game, so that wasn't that was a problem last year. So I mean, that's something that's got to be worked out. I mean, it's just tough to make headway in District Nine Six A if you're right around the midpoint yeah, from a completion percentage standpoint. But I like the, some of the creativity that you saw with um, you know you mentioned that touchdown to Jake Fex, and it was a play were, you know, their quarterback, Carter Whitefield, he rolls right, turns back, throws left, effects on a screen pass, and yeah, he just does the rest. He hurdles a defender, he tightrope walks, tight walks his way around a few more, and is able to somehow stay in bounds for a, was like a 52-yard touchdown or something like that. And then you saw um, another touchdown pass, this one from Jack Hagan mm-hmm. to Kareem Coleman. Baseball fame, Jack Hagan. Where you have Jack Hagan lining up as a wide receiver, they send him in motion, uh, snap the ball, and then Whitefield throws a backwards pass to Hagan, who then chucks it downfield to Kareem Coleman. There wasn't a defender within yeah, like ten yards. Mm-hmm. Really, like he weighed like he was catching about five. Oh baseball. yeah, it looked like I mean it looked like twenty yards from the. I was watching. <laughs> it was just insane how that just completely caught the name and force defense napping. Um, so yeah, just to see that kind of creativity was um, was a nice uh, I, I don't know a nice little ingredient to the boy defense. Definitely going to keep the defense honest, yeah. knowing that uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure the uh, the playbook probably runs a little bit deeper than what they showed to and, as well. And two things that the kid name is Archie Brock. Archie Brock was a key contributor. But Tyler Shaw's going to be a, mm-hmm. uh, a beast. He only had nine carries. They, they're looking for him to get 1,500, 15 touchdowns. So they say miles on his body. They didn't really need him. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be like that district 9 I mean, uh, 6 eight that he's going to get about 20, 25 times a game. Mm-hmm. So he kind of coached it. But he's definitely going to be a problem. Okay. Yeah, um, let's see. So yeah, I mean that's kind of now the question going forward is what because you never it's week one. We always we never know what to make of week one performances because it's it, you're, we're we're seeing these teams for the first time, yeah. so we don't know what's sustainable, what's not, and that's kind of the question now with Boyd. Um, on paper, it's a great debut, and now we get to see I think in the in the coming weeks leading into district what it means because the difficulty is going to theoretically ramp up quite a bit with a team like Marcus coming up this week, Louisville the following week. So um, yeah, it's just a question of whether. 
whether or not this is the boy that we're going to be seeing. Now, I mean, hey, I'm high on him. I picked him to make the playoffs in our preview <laughs> podcast just mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. I think they're going to be a very improved team. Um, I also think Marcus is going to be pretty improved as well. And I got to see them while you were covering Boyd and uh, and uh, Naaman Forrest. I was out in, in Arlington covering Marcus's game against uh, Bowie. You know, one of the one of several solid teams out of the out of the Arlington ISD area. Um, you know, Marcus had a tougher time than uh, than Boyd did in this first game. They lost uh, they lost to Bowie twenty eight to fourteen um, in a game that was kind of a grinder, kind of a slog at times. It started off you know just bang bang. Marcus comes out, they fumble on their first snap of the game. Uh, Bowie turns that into a quick scoring drive, and then Marcus goes right down the field, scores again, and then Marcus didn't score for over thirty three minutes of game time. There was it was a Bowie's defense or Marcus offense. It was Bowie's. I thought it was more Bowie's defense, and Marcus had some self inflicted mistakes as well. So I guess a combination of both. I was really impressed with the Bowie defense, especially their defensive front, and the job that they did getting pressure on uh, on quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer. Um, you know, Marcus didn't help its cause with some drops. You know, their the receiving core looked at least kind of relative to what I had heard going into the season a little bit depleted. There were a couple names I didn't see out there that you know you're expecting some big contributions from, but um, but they had a tough time catching some uh, some wide open passes. So that's something that obviously you gotta you gotta correct. You wouldn't expect that stuff to kind of carry over. You're probably gonna catch more wide open passes than you'll than you'll drop. Um, but nevertheless, like I still thought that Marcus did some good things, especially on defense. Um, you know, Bowie had like three of their four touchdowns came. The first one came you know almost as a direct result of that fumble to begin the game. So they had a really short field to work with, and then the other two from uh, from Bowie were on deep passes, uh, completions of 75 yards, oh. 81 yards to receiver Jimmy Valson. Um, so really, Bowie only put together one sustained scoring drive against Marcus's defense. Um, like I said, I, and I thought they did some good stuff up front. You know, uh, they had a sophomore. Um, let's see, I got his name written down. Bryson nice. Barber. He was in the backfield quite a bit. Had a couple sacks to his what? name. Uh, Hunter Sanders, Ty Strauss. So there's definitely talent in that front seven for sure. What um, about the back end? Though? That's the thing, and that's the and question now. Like I think you I know, suspected it's a, 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 a susceptible mm-hmm. to the big play because boys seem like they don't have a big play offense this mm-hmm. year. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I did the. I checked the numbers. Yeah, Boyd only completed eight passes against Naaman, and three of them went for at least fifty yards. It is a team that was very reliant on the uh, on the big play at the very least in that game, um, and that's kind of the uh, the question because like we all know Kareem Coleman is one of the best deep threats in District Nine Six A. You fly. They they had a tough time dealing with uh you know with the said the Bowie receiver Jimmy Valson his speed, but it wasn't like they got beat on like go routes or whatnot. It was just it was Valson found like a soft spot in the back end of their uh, of their coverage. He catches the ball, makes a cut up field, breaks one or two tackles, and he's just yeah. gone. So it wasn't like again they were just running a catch. running a fly route and he just and he just burnt you just beat the cornerback in a in a straight line dash. No, it was a coverage bust on Marcus plus some poor tackling and whatnot. So we'll see. But yeah, obviously you got to be very mindful of that because Kareem Coleman is he's going to get targeted. You're going to get tested deep yeah, for sure. He can fly. If you haven't seen him run, he can fly. He can get you he hit you in the special teams. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's one of the best punt and kick returners in the area too. Um, you know, one thing though that Marcus was able to fall back on, despite the fact that the passing game was, you know, definitely a bit below, I think, what the expectation is for them this season, given that Garrett Nussmeyer is a Division One prospect. They have their their go-to receiver has got several D1 offers, uh, J. Michael Sturdivant. Um, but the run game 
was working just fine for them, and that's what helped kind of keep them at least competitive until Bowie pulled away in the second half. And um, it was a big debut for Tyson Edwards, taking over for Justin Dinka. He got a heavy workload, 30 carries, I think, was Whoa. his. Was what he, Tyler, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so yeah, he had 30 carries, uh, 147 yards. He led the team in receptions as well, so he was very prominently featured. Presumably, going to still be the case on Friday against Boyd. And yeah, I'm excited to see that kind of the battle of the stud running backs yeah. because it sounds like both of them have uh, certainly some game-breaking uh, potential. Yeah. I, I think who who controls the clock with the ball control offense and which offense produces the best and mm-hmm. doesn't stuff and split flick because on um, Boyd, Boyd probably could have put up a good 70 if they went after penalties yeah. and the turnovers. So you definitely uh, want to see whose offense is the real deal on, on Friday. Mm-hmm. As far as things that I'm kind of looking at, we just mentioned Marcus got victimized by the big play last week and you know, Boyd's going to test them vertically a bit more than Bowie will, but it's still the team that's, and I like matchups like that, that you can take a discernible flaw that you that's showed that's in one game and you see a team that's the following week that can test you in almost the exact same capacity. Um, you know, that's going to be massive if they can cut down on that stuff. And that, I mean, Boyd's defense looked outstanding against Naaman Forrest, but Marcus is exponentially more talented on offense than, than Naaman Forrest is. I mean, there's, again, there's numerous Division One prospects on that offense. So in the first real test for Boyd, I want to see how they hold up against a dynamic offense. If they if they show out and, I mean, look the part, then, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to believe that they might be, you know, they might be able to follow through on that potential, but I kind of need to see it first before. The I'm defense is legit to me. I'm pretty. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the best defensive performance I've seen in the in the th- uh, three years I've covered them. So I'm pretty legit. I, I'm sold on the defense. Mm-hmm. The offense is like we're going to get this consistent production, or y'all going to be a ball control offense and play keep away, yeah. which you can't do with a Jatila Shaw. For sure. When he gets going, he hits you for five, six, seven yards a pop, and he weighs two oh five. So people don't want to tackle that mm-hmm. for thirty times, and they get thirty carries yeah. like the uh, guy from uh, Marcus. So this could be one of those fast games, like. You bleak. <laughs> you mess up. That's it. It'll be one of those questions with Boyd, though. Well, what happens when they get into third and nine or third and 11 or whatnot? Are they able to still complete? You know, uh, when they have to pass the ball and it can't be for, you know, for 50 yards and whatnot, are they still Win- able to make the intermediate yeah, game does. work? I know, I know Winfield can take off, too. He got a little wheels. But yeah, yeah. I saw, he's, a, yeah. he's a sophomore, so you, you kind of don't know until he's in the situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is all very <laughs> yeah. new for him. So. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how he matures. Mm-hmm. His maturity will go a long way into seeing how they do not just this week, but for the whole season because you went from nobody knew who you were last year to you're that guy. Oh, yeah. So, and that's right. And I guess that, like, last year, like, just completing half your passes was such a slog for McKinney Boyd. And said if they can get that passing game up around 55 to 60 percent, then I think they've got a chance to be one of the better teams in this district. And, um, like I said, they're going to get tested big these next couple weeks. Yeah. Marcus and Louisville are two great, great barometers for where you're at heading into 9-6A. Um, as far as predictions go, Gentlemen, where are we leaning on this one? Taylor, you've been a little I'll jump on this in. One. I've yeah, been yeah. silent. Taylor's on the podcast. Too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm here also. I kind of I, I kind of fall in line with you. Um, you know, as far as I'm not completely ready to buy in on on Boyd. I think that you know, obviously, we I've talked about this on the podcast before. If you go out week one and and take care of kind of your patty cake game, you can't you can't get knocked for that. Like that's not a detriment to you. But at the same time, you know, I need to see it against somebody that you know is more. Uh, I guess on your tier, <laughs> you know, and Marcus will certainly provide that. Um, you know, you and I are both pretty high on Marcus. I think that they have a lot of talent, and I think that you know, as the as the weeks go on, both teams are going to kind of come back to the middle a little bit. I think Boyd had you know an outstanding offensive performance against the Name of Forest team that 
you know, not not super. Competitive. You can only read so much into it. Not super competitive. And, and Marcus, you know, as lackluster, you know, quote unquote. I mean, they could still run the football, but you know, up to their expectations and kind of the expectations that they have this season. You know, not where they want to be certainly, but you know, Bowie's a much better program than Naaman Forest. So you For know, sure. Marcus is Marcus is I think on the way up um, from playing a good you know competitive Bowie team and, and ironing some things out. And Boyd, I don't want to say is on the way down, but but you got to play somebody um, you know that matters and somebody that really will test you so like you said you know if Boyd comes out this week and, and beats Marcus by two scores and, and handles that Marcus offense you know I'm ready yep. I'm ready to yeah. jump on the, on the Bronco train but <laughs> but for right now I'm, I'm taking Marcus because I think that they're uh, they're a little bit more stable um, I think that you know they'll figure some stuff out heading into week two um, but yeah I, I wouldn't it, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Boyd uh, comes away with the win. Uh, Friday will be a question and answer session. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out what's legit, what's a farce, what's a mirage, and what is real. There's a lot of games <laughs> on the schedule this week, Peter. That same exact pretense. There's a lot of proofs <laughs> yes. this week, for sure. Uh, Kendrick, where are you leaning on this one? Uh, I got Boyd 24-17. I believe in that defense. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they went from they needed help at linebacker. They got one in Brock. They need help at secondary. They got two D1ers, and they need help of um, just a playmaker. Mm-hmm. And they get, like, sophomore um, Fex is, like, one of the top three or four um, sophomore-rated linebackers in the nation. Mm-hmm. So that's an upgraded talent. That's oh, yeah. an upgraded athleticism where you were needed it most on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So I think all that's going to make a big difference. Well, it's like people haven't got the memo yet because they, mm-hmm. they thought it was a mirage. I got the memo. Coach Fex and come, I got the memo. I think I think they're pretty legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same way with you, Taylor. I'm an evidence guy. Yeah, I got the memo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, dude, I convinced you that they were going to be a playoff team in nine six eight. You did not have them in the playoffs initially. I have to see. I talked you into it exactly. I'm an evidence guy. Um, I need to see, like you, like you, Taylor. I need to see what it looks like against a uh, a more against a team that is a bit more on their on their level. And like I said, I it, you can only go so far into buying into what you do against a name and forest team that. Won just four games with last six season. turnovers. Yeah, yeah we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. How six many turnovers committed sixteen penalties. There's not a single team that has ever played a football game yeah. that commits six turnovers and sixteen penalties that has won a game. Um, so yeah, yeah I, any level. Yeah. yeah. So I just need to see again. This is going to be very much a, a prove it performance for Bo- for uh, for Boyd. And if they do so, then like I said, I'm all in. Uh, but I need to see it first, and I'll take the L in the picket line if that means yep. you know needing to be proven wrong. So um, it's tight though, for sure. I mean, I I, I like twenty four seventeen either way. Maybe 31, 24, something like that. But I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot tighter, I think, than you know, looking at the schedule prior to week one, mm-hmm. than than maybe some of us envisioned this game would be. So it should be a good one. Worthy game of the week, yep. for sure. And the uh, the picket line itself was uh, was very very uh, neck and neck on this one as well. It was uh, a three to two margin in favor of Marcus uh, Taylor. Myself and Devin Hassan going with the Marauders. Kendrick, you and Brian Murphy picking Boyd, and uh, should be a fun one. Friday, seven o'clock in McKinney ISD Stadium. Our game of the week: Marcus at McKinney Boyd. Um, you were at out uh, at Boyd earlier uh, yesterday, I guess, for that matter, yeah. to talk with Jake Fex. Gives an insight of what the team's mindset is heading this mm-hmm. week, and coming off that high, that was the forty-five-seven win over Naaman. Yep, Jake Fex, a two-way stud for the Boy Broncos, and we will see what he had to say about his big debut, and plus the uh, the big game coming up this week. After a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. 
And now, let's get back to the podcast. Ken Johnson with Jake Fex, senior defensive back and wide receiver for the McKinney Boy Broncos. How's it feel to put on that jersey for the first time and put on the former that you did and kind of introduce yourself to the Red Nation? Uh, it was fun, you know, just coming out, having a big game, but uh, we just got to forget about that. We got to work on this next week, what's coming up. How big a deal is that y'all defense showed up and showed out and kind of made a statement that y'all better than what they've been the last couple of years? You know, it, was, it was huge just for the kids to gain that confidence, you know, going into next week. We got a huge game against Fama Marcus, but I think that game really helped uh, boost confidence. So what's two or three things y'all going to have to do differently uh, against Marcus that you didn't do against Damon? We're going to have to tackle better. We're going to have to keep getting those turnovers. Those are huge, especially if it's a close game. And uh, just be more disciplined all around. What's your confidence level at after playing such an all-around game last week? Uh, we, we never get too high and never get too low. So we're we're steady-headed, cool-headed, and we're ready. I know you're new to the board and everything. There's, there's a trip here that people were surprised that y'all won as easily as y'all did. Y'all were kind of like one of the surprise teams coming out week one everybody's talking about. Uh, yeah, I think I think some people were surprised. I mean, I heard that maybe where our season's not going to be very good from people in the school, but I think just as a football team, we can uh, we can do a lot of good things. I know it was your first time to play at MIC Stadium. Give the give give the people uh, inside of the playing on that stadium, playing that stage with that being one of the most premier stadiums in the state. Oh yeah, that stadium is beautiful. I've never never played in a stadium like it. I enjoyed it a lot. How that energy feel? Because you? see, like you got that pick six, oh, you, yeah. you you were like running with that energy. Oh yeah, the the student section, all the students, the fans are amazing. I'm I'm grateful for them, and they can they, they really help us out a lot. What's your defense mentality? I know you have a young offense. I know other than Jatala, everybody's pretty basically new. Other than Jatala and Kareem, what's your mentality? Do y'all kind of let them know, hey, we're gonna keep y'all in it. Y'all just gonna make a play or two, and y'all can get us over to somebody kind of find their footing is that your mentality yeah yeah right we just we just uh go in there do our job that's your mentality everyone we want to be as disciplined as, as it is possible we just want to do our job and when they start converting y'all turnovers into points how much of that somebody because it seemed like when y'all went on that run in the second quarter like y'all were getting the turnovers and they were turning the points it's kind of fed off and then y'all blew, yeah. blew up and scored 24 in the uh, quarter i mean our, our defense definitely feeds off our offense and our and our offense definitely feeds off our defense we just got to all around keep it keep it good energy and Get ready for this this next game. Do you think that the fact that y'all every, everything's new, like you got new players, new coaches, you think that's gonna surprise some people that y'all as disciplined and as good as y'all? Oh yeah, I think it's definitely gonna surprise people. Just as short a short amount of time, Coach McBride's been here and all these coaches, and it's all, all of it's new, but everyone's coming together really good. Give some insight to the effort, because even on plays, I saw people from the backside running full tail to the base. How much does effort and energy are part of y'all defense, and uh, what def the problems are y'all going to pose to future offenses? I mean, Coach McBride, he's always talking about effort, effort, effort. We just got to keep up our effort, and we play a fanatical effort. It's, it scares the offense. It scares them. And what's two or three things that you want to accomplish this week besides getting that win against Flower Mound? Uh, first and foremost, I just want to, as a captain, bring our team together more so we can uh, have a better game than we did last week, uh, probably tackle better, and um, look forward to making more plays on offense. Where's your confidence level at? Where's your confidence level at? You, like you, you got an undercover swag. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I keep it cool, but my confidence is always 100. What about your brother? 
Oh yeah, he he's the same way. He's a little bit more quiet than me, but he's he's always ready to go. Give some people insight to him because a lot of people are new to him in McKinney yeah. and don't realize he's one of the top linebackers in I think twenty twenty two class. Yeah, he is. He's top linebacker in the twenty twenty two class. And people don't even top know that. Give some insight to how good he is. Guys, first off, that's like I see the rankings and stuff, yeah. but I gotta see you play. That dude yeah, like a commander, Sean Lee and Wolfhunter combined. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a big physical. He can he can run pretty well, and as you saw, he's got hands too. He can catch he can catch the ball. And do y'all think y'all break the role of the underdog with people? Um, boy, it's not for real. Did that, that, that I feel y'all? Y'all just tune that out, or does oh, that no, really that, fool y'all? That definitely fuels us. That definitely fuels off our being being called the underdog when we we know what we can do, and we 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 love it. We love it. If our question, what you got a message for Red Nation? All the support they showed up and showed out for y'all last weekend. I'm pretty sure everybody's all fired up. That's why y'all the game of the week this week. Yeah, I, I just want to say thank you and just keep doing what you're doing here. You're pushing us a lot. We're, we're proud to have y'all as our student section. Big thanks to Jake Fex for taking the time to chat with Kendrick for our student athlete spotlight, uh, helping preview our game of the week. Voted on by y'all, Marcus and McKinney Boyd. We had four more games that are up for consideration. We're going to quick hit those, give some predictions as well, um, including a game that uh, I will be at on Thursday that is, well, getting all sorts of attention around Man, the state yeah. and uh, far more than we would have expected, you know, I guess, uh, you know, a month or two ago. Plano Senior versus El Paso Eastwood. Thursday, 7 o'clock out at the Ford Center at the Star. Um, the circumstances have changed quite a bit from uh, from this time last year when Plano and Eastwood were getting ready to play for the very first time. Um, that game was goofy. Um, very, very weird game, but obviously the football game itself is kind of taking a bit of a backseat mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow night um, just with you know the these two schools being kind of interwoven by the uh, you know the unfortunate tragedy of a little over one month ago the uh, the mass shooting out in El Paso that was you know allegedly committed by a Plano senior alum at a Walmart that was just a few miles away from the Eastwood campus uh -oh. and then obviously the story that made all sorts of uh, you know headlines statewide even it was a national story even to mm -hmm. that extent with uh, two weeks later in Plano ISD citing uh, unspecified safety reasons and uh, just the timing of the matchup in general. Um, canceled the matchup against uh, between Plano and Eastwood. Lots of backlash ensued on social media. I mean, Plano was just getting hammered for a good 24 hours, and then they announced that they have uh, reinstated the game and then moved it to the Star out at Frisco. Um, you know, just it fit the uh, you know an indoor venue, fit the safety the not the safety but the security concerns that uh, the Plano ISD had uh, had raised. And nevertheless, yes, Plano and Eastwood. Uh, they get together in a game that is a, you know, like I said, the footballs can almost kind of be secondary in this one. You know, yep. a lot of uh, a lot of talk about just what was going to happen this week and how Planet was going to, uh, you know, kind of welcome Eastwood and kind of help them work through, um, you know, what has been a, a very trying time for them. And not just, I mean, and that's not even to mention, I guess, the news that came down yesterday, where one of the a former Eastwood football player, one of their their stud receivers on last year's team that played against Plano, Eddie Cruz, he passed away on on Monday or, or Monday or Tuesday. Um, so yeah, some very very heavy hearts with the you know with the Eastwood yeah, folks. Yeah, El Paso. Oh yeah, it's 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 terrible. Um, so I mean, yeah, you just you talk talking with some of the players yesterday, and it's there is question of just how you know just with all that's led up to this game, how like because at the end of the day you still have to play a football game, and how they're going to kind of I guess just suppress all that and just focus on the game itself. And Jada McCullough, you know, mentioned that he's I mean, there's legit concerns to how his players are going to handle that spotlight, not just you know playing in a venue like the Star, but this game is going to be broadcast you know it's going to be televised live on WFAA and streamed all over the state I mean there's gonna be a lot of eyeballs on this game mm -hmm. um, 
And as far as what that means strictly in terms of picking a winner or a loser, um, I mean, yeah. last year's game was was goofy. Um, it was, I mean, it, I've, I've mentioned it time and time again on this podcast over the years. It was the game Plano won seventy two to forty eight, but it was a game in which Plano was out snapped one hundred five to twenty three. <laughs> And just because Plano just kept on scoring so frequently that, um, you know, eventually the defense, you know, got worn down and, you know, Eastwood managed to get its way back in there. They recovered like three or four onside kicks. There were, um, I mean, yeah, it was just a, just a crazy, crazy game. So um, both teams are looking, to, are looking to bounce back from really rough showings in week one. Plano got absolutely hammered by Heberin, 53-26 to in a game that was a 1.46 to nothing. Uh, Eastwood got shut out by El Paso America's 63 to nothing. Yeah, I, 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 I'm starting to lean towards PIC being shut in the playoffs, but <laughs> if you, I don't see a PIC team losing to somebody that's been shut out. Anywhere in the state, so that's why that's my main reason for going with Plano. And like you said, they did all that. They had stopped them by 80 snaps, and they still got beat by 24. You don't just get that bet much better over the year. So keep it from foot from a football perspective. I'm I'm leaning towards the Wildcats. Yeah, same same here. Um, mm-hmm. Just again, have to go with. Just the, I don't know, just the, I feel like Plano Senior's path is a little bit more consistent based off of what we saw last year. And yeah, they got the speed factor, evidently. They had 23 plays and 77 points. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was, again, <laughs> it was Kyron Cumbie, it was Tylen Hines, Cody Craig. I mean, everybody was, it was a parade in the end zone. The offense scored 60 of those 72 points, again, in just 25 snaps. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I side with, with Plano in this one. Um, how about you, Taylor? Where's yeah, um, I mean, it almost feels silly to have to, to pick a winner, kind of like you mentioned in, in this football game. There's there's a lot more going on. But, yeah, I mean, just considering, um, you know, both with bad losses in week one, uh, but Plano to, you know, a Hebron team that, that we're all pretty convinced is, is uh, you know, a, a threat to go uh, deep into the postseason. Um, you know, I think the talent at Plano, the, the competition kind of, just the program in general um, has a leg up on on the Eastwood uh, program, but yeah, I mean, I'll go with Plano. But like I said, it you know it doesn't feel like it's about that <laughs> even even one percent at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be more so about just helping you know Eastwood and the El Paso community through this healing process. And I don't know, I don't know what y'all's reactions were when this news came down, but I'm I'm just glad this game is, is being too. played yeah. and that you know it sounds like everyone at the school talking with the players and stuff yesterday I mean just everyone at the school and with the football program wanted this game well, to even happen. the you know I think the other two Plano booster clubs have been contributing for um, you know like uh, gift bags or, or something mm-hmm. I saw on Twitter I mean it's you know we we've beat it into the ground at this point it's about so much more than football and and I think it would have been a shame to you know deny these kids you know some mm-hmm. form of of coming together and and collective grieving and and kind of moving on through through something like that I think it would have been a um, you know, a silly thing to do. So, yeah, yeah me too. The uh, the picket line was unanimous in picking Plano to beat Eastwood in one of our other Game of the Week selections. Uh, let's see. You mentioned Hebron just a yeah. few moments ago. Taylor, they got a pretty big one Man, themselves. It's another game that, that you know, we talked about with Kenny Boyd and Marcus. It was a game that, you know, we thought would probably be a good one, but another one that got a lot more interesting, you know, yeah. after last week. I mean, I don't think any of us expected Arlington Martin to, to go down to Lake Travis and just absolutely <laughs> handle them 35 14 um you know their quarterback zach mundell is just you know lights out um you know just you know on both uh, both aspects i guess and yeah man i mean this one got this one got competitive in a hurry i mean i i still you know as far as kind of i guess my official outlook and prediction i think hebron is just kind of this well-oiled <laughs> machine mm-hmm. this juggernaut um i think the win over plano 
Um, I don't know how much it proved that because we've we've talked a lot about you know beating teams that are kind of in your tier and, and to be honest I don't think Plano's in Hebron's tier or anywhere close you no. know this season um, but still there's something to be said about just how much of a, an absolute beatdown that was and and Hebron looks like you know the real deal I don't I don't see any glaring weaknesses so good game you know I expect Martin to to give him a, a heck of a game but um you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Hebron. We'll see though. Uh, I, I think Martin will be um, find a way to get it done. For some fact, they'll be playing the friendly confines of UTA Stadium. Yeah, mm. they're, they're traditionally a, a good home team. And if you're doing going down to Austin, doing that to yeah. Lake Travis, you gotta be somewhat legit. Oh yeah, yeah. it was that easy. <laughs> Everybody will be doing it, and that happens. This, is, like, this isn't gonna be a, a repeat. Of this ain't your regular yeah. Arlington Martin team. I think this no. team has some special mm-hmm. in it. So I think he will make it competitive. I'm not going to say they're going to get blown out. Mm-hmm. They'll make a good counter for themselves, but they'll take that cold out at the end of the day. Yeah. One thing about Hebron against Plano is that they barely broke a sweat in that game. Yeah. They really did. I mean, they didn't even ask to do they, it. Yes. No, no, seriously. Like, no player on Hebron's offense accounted for 100 yards of offense, and they still were up 46 to nothing. You know, yeah, late in the second quarter, um, you know Isaiah Isaiah Broadway. I guess you say he had 99 rushing yards <laughs> and whatnot. But nevertheless, I mean, it was a uh, everybody just. It was basically. It sounds like you know Plano couldn't move the ball at all, and Hebron was afforded short field after short field after short field that they yeah, scored on scored. just about every. You time. get a touchdown. You yeah. get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. It really did feel that way. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That was a fairly eye-opening performance. We thought Hebron would win, but I don't think any of us foresaw that That's sort cool. of a that sort of a blowout. No. It's called a wish it for a reason. Yeah, they. Very <laughs> Very aptly named. Um, let's see. This one was in favor of Hebron, three to two. Myself, Devin Hassan, Taylor Raglan, picking the Hawks. Kendrick, you and Brian. You and Brian, man. You and Brian, soulmates on this picket line. You guys <laughs> going with the Martin Warriors? It's another one that I don't want to say really, it's yeah, a flip, coin flip. flip a, it's a no, no, I mean, it is a coin knows? flip. Um, let's see. Other uh, otherwise, this game. Whew, at the 5A level, a doozy out of the colony between the colony and Frisco Reedy. This was a very high-profile showdown at this time mm-hmm. last year. Kind of the first, kind of the the first statement win by Reedy to kind of let them know that they had taken that uh, that next step in their trajectory and they were ready for uh, for a big year. And boy, did they have a big year! 13 wins, four rounds deep in the playoffs. Um, Another one of those games, though, that we have two teams where we're not entirely sure what to make of what happened in week one. Uh, Reedy needed a, a very, very stellar second half to avoid a uh, what would have been one of the more shocking results in week <laughs> yeah. one had it panned out because they were playing from a uh, at a 7-3 deficit at the half to Plano West. The same Plano West that has gone two and a half years without a uh, without picking it's, up a victory. I know we're talking about high school, but it's kind of like upset alert. If, it, if we could have had a, a high, Texas high school alert, everybody's fumbled away oh, yeah. upset alert with that thing because people in the press box in my game were, were talking about that. I'm pretty sure it's your game. Oh, yeah. Now, they needed the, needed to bust out the AED to bring me back to life after <laughs> after seeing that Plano West was leading at, uh, at halftime. I wouldn't have ever ever fathomed that would uh, ever be in the cards, but that's the thing. That's the thing about like why you don't really know what to make heads or tails out of these week one results because I I don't know. Like we'll learn a lot more about Frisco Reedy now. They're playing a team that is, you know, at least on paper, you know, a bit more on their level, yeah. on their level. Because yeah. I mean, the colony is going to challenge them in ways that Plano West cannot. Yeah. With all my, of my these, Miles Spice is legit. I gotta check him out. He's a special kid. Oh yeah, quarterback Mikey Harrington, running back, wide receiver, defensive back, return. My Miles <laughs> Price is everything for that team. Uh, Keith Miller, their stud wide receiver. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, you know, a D one star in the in the secondary. Marcus Moore, their stud defensive lineman. This is. 
the most talented team that the colony has ever had. And, and they're, they're really good, at a good, another good home team. But they're really good at um, playing teams like seeing somebody beat them and not letting that happen. Mm-hmm. They're they they very definitely a team that fits that theory. It's hard to be a team twice in a year. So I think with them not losing last year, they're going to be extra motivated to kind of like send a message. This I think year. the the thing that that stands out to me is you know all those names you rattled off have been there. Mm-hmm. You know all those names you rattled off yeah. have played together. They have experience. If you play this game in, in week eight or week nine, yeah. you know maybe it goes a different direction because I do think that Frisco Reedy is going to be fine. You know we're probably all a bunch of you know knee jerkers over here and and oh my goodness <laughs> they'd be playing a West by ten. Frisco Reedy's you know it's not the same program. They're probably more than likely they'll be fine. You know Jalen Kidna I'm sure will settle in. Mm-hmm. They got athletes. Will Harbor's a beast. You know everything's going to be I would assume okay. You know come the end of the season. And, and the postseason, but at the same time, the colony's got it going on right now. You yeah. know, the colony's got its group back. Um, you know, they're feeling good. Uh, I, I think that you know there is something to kind of the revenge narrative, uh, especially this early and, and kind of smelling blood in the water after after week one. Um, you know, with Reedy, so. Uh, another really close game. Reedy could put it all together and be Reedy again, mm-hmm. or or the Colony could beat him by you know twenty. I, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but just kind of the experience and and kind of the nature of Reedy being really up in the air right now. I, I went with the Cougars. It's uh, it does kind of get lost in the shuffle just how many names yeah. Reedy is replacing from yeah. last year's team. Um, I believe they had the fewest returning starters of any team in District Seven Five A Division Two, wow. and like with a program that you know we forget like how young that program still is. Yeah. In the grand oh, scheme of things, and like you have this great senior class that leads you to your first benchmark season, and now the question is, okay, can but is do it again? Yeah, yeah, can you withstand the graduation of a lot of a heavy, talented senior class? Reload again. It's just a little bit tougher for those five A schools to do. So it's yeah. still undetermined, especially whether when it hasn't happened before. Yeah, like you mentioned, <laughs> I mean, the program's so young. This is the first time. Yeah, it's not an Allen where it happens every single year. Yeah, this is the first time. And, yeah, with that, kind of in the same line as y'all, just the experience advantage for uh, the Colony was what, I guess, put them, uh, gave them the leg up, in my in my view, for this matchup. And it was, wow, would not have forecasted at the start of the year that it would be a consensus sweep yep. where we think that the Colony is going to beat Frisco Reedy, but... We'll probably all take it That's the reality that we live in, yeah. It could be just fine. one grandiose overreaction <laughs> to week one, and... We'll see. They'll play it out on uh, on Friday at a Tommy Briggs Stadium out in the Colony at 7 o'clock. And let's see our last game. This one, a couple teams that had some very, very convincing performances last week. Highland Park visiting Mesquite Horn uh, Friday, 7.30 p.m. out at Hanby Stadium. Um, you know, we talked about the, uh, you know, Boyd getting off to a hot start to begin the Joe McBride era. How about the way... Uh, McKinney Horn, uh, not McKinney Horn, but uh, <laughs> how about the way Horn rang in the uh, the Chris Huddler era with a 39 to 17 blowout of John Tyler? I think they're going to be better. They had a lot of injuries last year that people overlooked, mm-hmm. but I'm about I'm I'm pulling I'm pulling picking HP for two reasons. I don't bet against them. Three times to finish state champs. Yep. Well, and it seems they like find they, a way to get a win. Seems every like time. they never lose to a mesquite team. I don't know what the actual number we settled on was. I know Devin <laughs> went back and, and did the, did the, the years, research. But it's, it's been. I know, looked it up. Very few and oh, far between. I did. Devin added the story, so I just simply just read his story. Um, <laughs> Highland Park has a has an all time record of 67, 12, and two all time against Mesquite ISD, years. and seven of those twelve losses came to North Mesquite. So hmm. you yeah, see, they. 
they have had uh, yes they have had Mesquite ISD's number for quite some time um, and yeah I think that continues um, I mean Highland Park coming off a uh, one of the just crazier games yeah. of last week it was Highland Park and Rockwall and Geyer Alito were just like something out of a video game but Highland Park oh, they always win those games yeah. mm -hmm. well and, and I think that's important too is that you know I think a lot of people are really high on Rockwall you know, do you think Mesquite Horn in the end is is better than Rockwall? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it's possible, but I don't think so. In Highland Park, yeah. like you said, found a way to win. Um, that's that's a really, do. really good program over at Rockwall uh, that's supposed to to make a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this season in Highland Park found a way, you know, Highland, like it always does. Highland Park does Highland Park thing. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the stat line for uh, Highland Park quarterback Chandler Morris, which. Good Lord. <laughs> 474 passing yards, 180 rushing yards, and nine touchdowns. That is... Good luck. You can't do that in a video game. <laughs> so, yes, uh, that should be a... Uh, yeah, expect, uh, expect the points to come in droves Friday at Hanby between Highland Park and Horn. That one was also a sweep in favor of the Scots, as we are all unanimous in picking them to defeat uh, the Horn Jaguars. And um, let's see, and that'll, uh, yeah, that'll wrap up this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, thank you to Jake Fex for taking the time to chat with Kendrick. Um, thank you to everybody for voting. There was a ton of turnout on the yeah, poll this week. Big week. Um, should, be, uh, should be a fun. Before we get out of here, let's talk quickly about what we have on our coverage docket. Kendrick, what are you going to be covering this week? I'll be at um, McKinney and uh, Irvin MacArthur on Thursday and at the game of the week. Boyd and um, fly my market. See, see what the question marks be answered oh, yes. on Friday nights. See if some old memos be sent out. Taylor, how about you? I will be uh, <laughs> doing the same dance at the the Cotton Bowl prep showcase I did last year. Um, Five p.m. out the Cotton Bowl Friday for Saxy Trinity uh, and eight thirty p.m. Thanks, thanks a lot for that one. Going to be a busy uh, Cotton Bowl <laughs> for uh, East and and Lake Highlands, which may be more competitive. Trey Jones Scott probably not going to play uh, this week, so. You know, we'll see. We'll see as far as that one goes. Might be uh, a little closer than, than we may have predicted. My uh, my coverage week includes uh, I'll be swinging by the Star on Thursday to cover Plano Senior versus Eastwood at all that will encompass that game. Um, and then Friday I'll be out at Allen as Allen welcomes uh, another state-ranked foe. This one from well uh, well south is Dickinson. A first-time meeting between Allen and Dickinson should be a, a fun little test for the uh, for the Eagles after their big victory last week over Cedar Hill. Um, we will be uh, obviously you can follow us all along on Twitter. You can check out our stores on our website at StarLocalMedia.com as well well as our post-game rapid reaction podcast. Otherwise, folks, that's been it for this episode. Um, we'll be back on Monday to break down some of the uh, some of the good time happenings in week two. See how many questions were answered, because like I said, lots of lots of prove it games on the docket this week. Uh, folks, you enjoy the rest of your week and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. 
Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.